Doug and Marty vs. the World is paid for by Doug Bassler, Marty McClendon, and Prologue Digital Advertising Agency. Round one, go. Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. This is Doug Bassler, Doug and Marty versus the world. And this last weekend, I was at Roanoke Conference in Ocean Shores, Washington with a lot of other great Republicans. Got some great interviews, so let's go to those right now. And Marty and I will be back at the end to wrap it up. Here we go. You'll never guess who I just ran into. It's Chad Megadance. Chad, how's it going? Good, Doug. I'm glad to glad to be out today. And we announced uh, my candidacy for superintendent of public construction just a couple hours ago. OSPI. So uh, Chris Reichdahl's in for a run then? He is. And he's going to be uh, feeling some fire on his feet for a lot of the policies that parents have been seeing through that little window they had into our classrooms during the COVID years. But um, I don't think parents are happy. You see that in the initiatives. So uh, 2081 is going to be on the ballot, the parent notification bill. But even if you just look at the academic achievement during these years, you know, we started off with students, only half of them meeting standards in math, and it dropped to a third. And it's recovered a little bit. It's at 39%. But we've got a lot of work to get back to just the horrible place we were back in 2019. And so my goal is to focus on academic achievement. I mean, we're not really... You know, we've signed on to a lot of ancillary things that schools have turned into over the years, but we need to focus and get back on the basics. You know, a lot of people know you, Chad, as a you know, former state legislature, legislator, but they don't understand that you're also a school teacher, right? I am. For the last five years, I've been teaching computer science in the uh, Bellevue School District. Of course, before that, I was a ranking member in the House Education Committee, where we were focused with a lot of school funding issues. Uh, and I, I was a prime sponsor for the charter school fix and a few other education bills. Uh, and before that, I was president of the ISCO School Board, which is the 15th largest school district in the nation. So I've seen it at all levels now, the state, district, and now in the trenches in the classroom. And, you know, if he's trying to... Um, spin a story about the impact of his policies, I can say firsthand exactly what I've seen in the trenches. And these kids lost a lot of learning over COVID. Uh, It was not to their benefit that we extended our, our lockdowns as long as we did when other states didn't. We can see the impact of that now. So what I'm excited about is obviously out of the two of you guys, you're the most qualified. And I think Washington's ready for a change, aren't you? don't you think? <laughs> I like to think so. And we've got a lot going on right now. I mean, the, the strategy of the WEA and a lot of the progressive left um, unions is to paint every Republican as, a, as an extremist, right? But here you have someone like me who's gotten the Seattle Times endorsement for every single house race that I've ever run for, right? And I have a 100% uh, outstanding rating from the Municipal League. You know, I'm... I've got a track record of being able to find common ground and to move us forward. And right now we need that common ground because we need public schools that welcome everyone. And it shouldn't matter what kind of political ideology you have, just like it shouldn't matter what race you are or what religion you are. These are our public schools. And the answer can't be move to Idaho, Florida, or Texas. Uh, yeah, Marty, did you get that? Yeah, I was. that was for you, Marty. <laughs> so uh, how can people uh, get involved? How can they help you out, Chad? 
Well, my website is voteforchad.com, either numeral four or F-O-R, either one will work. And the website is live. I, um, I'm hoping to start a, a listening campaign throughout the spring where I'm just going to be visiting a lot, of, a lot of school districts. And I know the east side of King County really well, but I need to make sure that I get the rural story right. We got a lot of testimony when I was ranking on education, but I want to go out there and visit these districts and really get a feel for what their specific challenges are. Of course, Doug and Marty versus the world is very popular over on the east side of the state. Mm -hmm. And so any chance you're going to be heading over that way? Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if you know, but I, I spend a lot of time on my motorcycle in summers, right? And so I plan to be all over the state. Someone actually challenged me to plan a campaign sign in every single school, school district in the state, 295 districts. And I think that's a fantastic idea. I love that idea. Well, Chad, thanks for being with me today. Hope you have a, a great campaign. And of course, let us know if you need anything else. Thanks, Doug. All right, now I found another new friend of mine that I met last year at one of my fundraising events, Gabe Sackwitz, yes. and you are running for office. Tell us about that. So I am running for District 28 uh, State State Representative. Uh, that that is uh, Stelcombe, Lakewood, DuPont, the JBL and Base Area, Anderson Island, Ketron Island, uh, University Place, Fircrest, and then McNeil Island. But I don't know if anybody's really voting for McNeil Island. Well, if they have their way, they're all going to be able to vote, you know. They're trying to get uh, felons to vote. So, Gabe, tell me about your journey. How did you decide to, to you know, throw your hat in the ring? So, it, it really just started when I, was, when I was looking at my options of people to vote for. And I was always seeing it was like a bad choice and a worse choice. So, my thought is, well, if I'm going to complain about it, I'm going to do something about it. Right. So initially, I was just going to put my name on the ballot. That was it. I wasn't going to run a campaign. I just wanted to, hey, give people a, another option. That's it. I, and, and through that process, I, well, no. So it, I was on a ferry ride to, from, from Anderson Island to Stellicombe. And I, I ran into a, a gentleman by the name of Doug Richardson, who is a former mayor of Lakewood and, and the... Uh, um, former Pierce County Council member. So, so when, I, when, I was, when I was talking to him, uh, well, through small talk, I mentioned, I was like, well, I'm putting my name on the ballot. And he was very excited about that. And that's where he introduced me to other people in the Republican Party. And that's how I started the campaign. Now, this was in 2022. And now, mind you, at that point, I never really gotten involved in politics you know I mean I was always kind of like a like an outliner just just observing maybe I'd write essays here and there just kind of like to vent you know my my viewpoint on things but that was about it you know uh it, it was it was like okay well now I'm gonna run a campaign didn't really know anybody didn't really know anything about like the the political sphere of what actually goes on within there but I was like okay let's do this it's it's like you, you have to stand up you have to do something Right, it's what the, the saying. Now I'm probably butchering this saying, but it's it, evil prevails when good people do nothing, and I, and, I, and I believe in that, right? And and anybody listening to this that's even thinking about like getting involved, it's like get involved, you know, you know, stand up. It's not. I mean, it's not going to be easy. It's gonna it's gonna be a lot of work and and stuff like that. But just just get up, get involved, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's being a PCO. It doesn't matter if it's if it's school board. Get up, get involved, talk to people, find out the issues. Really, just just stand up against uh, uh, any of these 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 bad opposing forces or or evil. You know, you you, you didn't die, not yet. <laughs> yeah, you're. You know, it's not like you said. 
there's a bit of effort involved. There's going to be some work involved, but it's anything worthwhile is worth working for. Wouldn't you agree? <coughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No. It's it's the state of Washington is is a beautiful state. In it, quite frankly, I don't want to lose this to a bunch of crazy people. You know, and that's it's like we have people that that are that are in office that are completely disregarding the Washington State Constitution. Like they don't even care, and that's 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 insane. You know that that there's just it, they they violate the Washington State Constitution on the most trivial issues, right? Or they just the smallest things that I, I still can't believe it myself. But um, and then and then it's like I don't want to lose so. Another like kind of realization that I had in the past couple of years was that there's there's nowhere else in this world that is like America. We are the only ones. We're it, and 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 I don't want to lose that to anybody, right? Like, I, well, I just don't want to lose that. Period. You know, because it's like if we lose, that's it. The, the freedom across the world goes away. There's, it's worth fighting for. Absolutely, right? There's 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 other countries. Like I used to think that Canada was like another free nation. It's not. No, what I what I saw during COVID and the, and the 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 way they violated people's rights and freedoms and things like that. No, America is the only place. And on top of that, the one thing that makes America like the best country ever is we can have the worst possible people in positions of power, and we still keep going. Right. So that's like a testament to like how. Amazing yeah. That what what we've got is is worth fighting for. Gabe, thanks again for running. Thanks for uh, being with us today. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for talking to me. All right, down here, Roanoke Ocean Shores. I'm standing here with Pete Serrano. He is. Um, he's going for it. He's going for the. You guessed it, Attorney General. Come on, everybody, give a shout. Pete, how's it going? It's going great. I'm loving it. Appreciate it, Doug. I'm having fun. It's it. People are ready for a change, and I'm ready to give it to them. Are you ticked off like me that Marty's not here? Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Why, why Texas? <laughs> come on, man. I love it. So um, you recently got elected to uh, Pasco mayor, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've been on Pasco City Council for six years now. I was appointed mayor uh, January 2nd, the day after I declared for attorney general. Well, you know, um, if we want something done, ask a busy guy. So that's cool. And and we just, we saw a big flip in Pasco, correct? We did. We did. Uh, you know, at one point when I was first elected, it was probably a 3-3-1. And then it went to basically a 2-5 minority where I was sitting. And now it's probably a 5-2 or a 6-1 majority. So we're seeing a lot of good things out of Pasco. So you're, uh, you're getting used to winning. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to carry that forward all the way through the state. Okay, so let's talk about the AG race. I mean, uh, what do you see as uh, your biggest benefits and your biggest challenges? You know, as to the benefits, I've been involved in lawsuits against the states for the past three years. I've sued Bob Ferguson's office, him, him actually, Mr. Ferguson. I've sued the governor, and before that, I actually fought to keep energy and environmental rights here throughout the state of Washington, throughout the country. So, you know, I think I'm ready to go. I've got the experience. And as far as the benefits, it's we got to have someone with common sense. And that's me. Uh, when I look across the aisle, I see Monka Dingra and Nick Brown looking against me. And anyone that's read Monka's bills knows that's uh, that sense is lacking. So I'm looking forward to it. I think I think this is very winnable. 
recipe for disaster. Uh, yeah, we, we need you in there. Uh, how, how's it going? I mean, are you, are you seeing a lot of support? Are you seeing a lot of people that are, that are helping you out? Yeah, we've got a lot of folks that are boots on the ground that are willing to actually talk to their neighbors, which is the most important part here. Uh, you know, when we talk about Washington State, people think it's lost. No, it's not lost. We just need to simply engage with one another, have that civil discourse, and the excitement that people have built around the campaign, even though we're only a month old, you know, it's it's moving the ball already. You know, one of the things that uh, they just had a panel on here at Roanoke was this idea of, of legal ballot collecting and getting our, our, our lazy cousins and our neighbors and stuff that we know are conservative to actually get the ballot. And so you can go pick the ballot up. I think that that might be a key. So a lot of our listeners, you know, throughout Eastern Washington here, you know, we think, oh, Eastern Washington's great. Western Washington's lost. That's not true. Uh, Eastern Washington is great. But if Eastern Washington would come out and so get your your lazy cousin that votes every now and then, uh, get your friends to, uh, you know, support Pete, support the ticket. Now, if you're in Idaho, I know some of our listeners are in Idaho. Fortunately for us, Idaho uses this thing called United States currency, and they could donate to help us over here in Washington get you elected. Any other ideas for getting uh, people out to help you with your campaign? Well, as far as getting people out, you know, um, anyone that's followed the work that we've done at Silent Majority Foundation knows that we've represented your Second Amendment rights. So working with those gun shops to say, hey, look, to your point, ballot collecting, presumably someone that enters that shop has some sort of iteration towards the Constitution. They have a desire to keep their firearms. So great. You know, let's have those ballots there. Same thing. We've we've represented a lot of religious rights, First Amendment free speech as well. Let's work with our churches and say, hey, look, you guys might not want to get out there publicly saying this, but why don't you start collecting those ballots too? And then to anyone in Idaho, you know, wave as you're going through Pasco. Just say hi and <laughs> and, and drop an envelope yeah. in the mail and send you a couple bucks. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, Serrano for AG dot com s-e-r-r-a-n-o and then f-o-r-a-g dot com is the website that'll show you how to donate they can certainly email me and contact me through that well i'm very excited about uh your candidacy uh i think you definitely are a way better choice than anybody on the other side and so you know be, let's uh, let's get back together let's get you back on the show and uh let's go out and win this thing i'd love to and you know we can invite marty back to reality that's what i'm thinking too <laughs> God bless, man. Thanks, brother. Raul Garcia is running for Senate, and he's going to win. And we're super excited about that, Raul. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So how's it going out there? It's exciting. It's exciting uh, to have the opportunity to run for Senate, especially to represent the will of the people of Washington. I think that that is what we're missing in our senators. You know, they come around every six years, and from their mountaintop, as I say, and not really in the streets of Washington. So as an emergency physician, I feel that I have experienced a microcosm of society. The crime, the safety issues that we have on our streets are in my emergency department every day, the drugs, the overdoses. So I'm really passionate about issues like fentanyl that we have not done enough of, and it's a killer like I've never seen in 25 years of service in, in emergency medicine. It's a killer that could kill someone that just tries it because these pills in the street are not calibrated. So we're mounting a big campaign for awareness and to get these dealers out of our streets. I think that it was Ronald Reagan in the 1980s that tried to eliminate demand. 
we are focusing on supplier. Let's take the suppliers out of the street so we don't have that. And I look at addicts as the victims. I mean, this is a very addictive uh, drug, and we need to get the resources necessary for these people to get in there, get mental health, get job training, and get back to society as there once were. That's going to cost money, but we have so much money being wasted in other programs within the drug addiction world that don't work. This Housing First initiatives in Washington, if you have someone with mental health and you give him a house, he's going to leave. If you have someone that's drug addicted and you give them a house, now that house is a drug house and all the neighbors are affected. So we need to bring about true solutions to the real issues instead of verbalizing things that haven't worked. And I think that that's what I bring as a scientist, right, as a, as a doctor. I look at what has worked, where has this been proven, let's look at other countries, let's look at other states, let's look at the things that we can do efficiently for an effective government. And I think that's way different of what we have now. You know, it's so refreshing to hear you take a, a topic, a tactic, especially where the Democrats are weak, and, and present a solution where Democrats can agree with you, right? Because they, you know, we've all been affected by this, this drug problem. You know, hundreds of thousands of Americans are dying. And so having a real solution, it's just refreshing. So I'm just, thanks, thanks for doing that. What, what can people do to, to jump on board to help you out? Well, I think we need everybody, right? This is going to be a movement that will be bigger than this campaign. GarciaForWa.com is our uh, website. You could come and, and, and volunteer with us. You could give us your money. Of course, we do need money to survive and, and create the most effective and efficient campaign. That is my goal. Uh, the most effective and efficient campaign ever seen because we want everybody's dollars to be used very efficiently and run a smooth campaign that we could win with. So, yes, please join us. It's going to take all of us. GarciaForWa.com. That is our website. You'll learn more about us. And any questions you have of me, you could ask directly. Uh, and we could certainly uh, are open to meeting groups everywhere in the state. This is how we learn more about the real issues that you care about. So good. Raul Garcia, thank you for taking your time to meet me today. Absolutely. Thank you so and much. And tell Marty he needs to come again next time. Absolutely. Year, right? Absolutely, Marty. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. I found two Federal Way City Council members. I don't know why they're here, but they're here. Thank God for that. Uh, introduce yourselves. Tell us, uh, tell us about your, your life as a, as a city council person. Oh, so I'm Linda Kochmar. I'm a former mayor of Federway, then I was a state rep, and now I'm council president for Federway. Um, I was just telling Doug I've run maybe 10 times, and of those 10 times, I've lost three, three times. Never give up. Just don't give up. Just keep trying to make a difference. And we did. We actually made a difference in Federway. Uh, and and I'm, I'm uh, Jack Walsh. Uh, I'm one of the new members of the council. I've been involved for many, many years, helped Linda on uh, probably all of her 10 campaigns over the years. And um, uh, long ago, I, I swore that I would never run for office, that I, my job was to help other people run for office, and I would never do it. And four years ago, there was a legislative seat that was, was open, and I was looking for someone to run for that seat, and I was not finding anyone. And I looked and looked, 
and I gave it more thought, gave it more prayer, and finally realized that if somebody was going to run for it that reflected my values, that it had to be me. And I gave it a lot of prayer. I felt that I was, I felt I was called to, to run for office. And an interesting thing, a, a short time later, I was talking to my, my spiritual leader, and I told him that I, I felt that I'd you know, been called to run for, for office. And he asked me, do you think it's because of the good you can do in Olympia or the good that you can do on the way? And I'd never thought about that before. And uh, I, I lost that election, but a lot of good came out of it. A lot of good came out of it. And so, um, and, and so I, I still feel that I, I was called to run for office. But it wasn't for getting in that session of the legislature. It was the good that I could do on the way and the good that that could lead to. And so I would really encourage people to consider what they should be doing. We need more people running for office. We need more people getting involved. And uh, like, like you, Doug, I mean, you've, you've faced some, some, uh, been in some races that you knew that it was a very much an uphill, uh, that the odds were against you. Uh, but still, you were, you were compelled and you felt it was the right thing to run. And I think that, that we more often need to have that approach of doing the right thing, whether we think on that particular thing will be victorious. But in the long run, we're doing good and we're benefiting our community. I love the... I love that what you said, the good, the good you can do there or the good along the way. Great, great uh, insight. Linda, back to you. So the difference between when you were at the state level and the city level, is there a difference in impact? Was it more important at the state level or do you feel like it's more impactful for the daily life at the city it's level? It's very difficult to be in a group of 99 people, the majority of whom are on the other side of the aisle to make a difference. So... If you really want to make a difference, you're going to make it at the local level. You're going to make a difference on your school boards. You're going to make a difference on your commissions, the fire commissioner. You're going to make a difference water sewer commissioner. You're going to make a difference on your city council. And, you know, the, the government is closest to the people are where they live. And um, that would be your local government. So, yeah, you can do a lot of good. For example, you can help people. And you can also say, no, we're not going to give people money to go kill themselves on drugs. Not, not, not a good idea, but you need to use common sense. But at the same time, you need to talk to the community and find out what it is you want, because you can't lead without knowing what they want. You have to... Kemper Freeman said in Bellevue, he says, you could come up with an idea, but if it's not what everybody else wants, it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, so you, yeah, I mean, you're, you're elected to represent the people but I you know one thing I love about Linda Jack is Linda just tells what we all been thinking anyway <laughs> is that right or not like get off your uh, behind and get, do get something and- don't do drugs and yeah. well thanks you guys so you know I, I talked to a lady just a few minutes ago who, who lost a city council race by one vote right here in Ocean Shores is it important for our people to get out and vote and vote early and yeah. yes Yes. Their vote counts. Yeah, we had uh, Hans Iger. We, we called him Landslide Hans. When he won the state legislature, he won it like, I don't remember, seven votes in the Puyallup area. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Also, with that, the, the every vote counts, but every individual out there working on things counts, too. In Federal Way, we've been very blessed to have a group called Stand Up Federal Way, who are just a group of ordinary citizens who wanted to get involved, wanted to make a difference, and they have made a difference. It doesn't take a big organization to make a difference. Individuals working together, teaming up together, can make a huge difference. Um, the other night, uh, our, our first speaker on, on, the, on the first night, um, uh, Say, um, uh, she, her whole thing was, if um, it was, if... She was a former marketing director for... Levi Strauss. Yes. Uh huh. And and her basic thing was if if not you, who? And I think that that we need to follow that. If not you, who is going to make the difference? And, and what was so exciting is that she was willing to give up a really great career, next in line for CEO for Levi Strauss, to to protect the children that were being locked out of their own schools. Such a great such a great story. Good for her. Yeah, and uh, thank you guys for everything you guys do. So if, uh, if you had one piece of advice to give the listener, what would it be? Get involved. Go to work. Whether you're running for yourself, helping somebody else, helping in the community some way, everyone can contribute in some way. Same, same. I would say the same. So she says amen to you, Jack. So, well, thank you guys. God bless. Yeah, you too. You too. By the way, thanks, Doug. Jack is Mormon. I'm Catholic. So we're very diverse on our council. Yeah, it's great, right? We can all get along. You know, and and one thing on our council, there are seven of us on the council. Uh, We do have a conservative majority now, but even those who are more liberal, we get along with them. We work together, and, and we're friends. Uh, we, we respect each other. I think that that's one thing that's, that is lost now is that you can disagree without being disagreeable. And that is one of the, the tenets that I strongly believe in is that you can disagree without being disagreeable. And we need to have more of that. I agree. Well, thanks, you guys. You too, Dave. Right now I have uh, PJ Faria. And uh, she said, I was like Maria. And I'm thinking, how do you solve a problem like Faria? Um, <laughs> Peggy Joe, uh, Peggy Joe just uh, recently was defeated in the Ocean Shore City Council race by a single, yes, count it, one vote. Peggy, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I am doing just fine. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and all the listeners to let them know how important it is that every vote counts. It is amazing to think, after all the door knocking, all the communication, that I lost by one single vote. So keep that in mind when you have that ballot sitting on your kitchen table. Yeah, and now the the big push... This year, I noticed at this event is to get the ballots in early. That's important, right? I've heard that. You know, it's interesting because a lot of us did put our ballots in early. And I'll give you a little bit of uh, the quick rundown on the election locally. So I was actually ahead of my opponent who was um, chosen... Uh, by council to sit on council. He was appointed previously, and I had tried to get appointed, but was not at that time, so I ran for it. But um, basically, 
with voting, um, I was ahead by 36 votes, and you're talking about a total of about 1,370-something. I don't have the number in my head right now. And so I was ahead by uh, 36 votes, and then when they did the next count, I was down by six votes. When the next count happened, I was down by six votes, and then at the final count, I lost by one. So it was kind of interesting how the numbers went. So I think after that first group of uh, 36 where I was ahead, obviously there was a, a bulk of votes that came in after that to sort of change the numbers a bit. So you had a couple of stories. A friend who mailed her ballot, I guess? Oh, yes, that's right. Um, So a friend who has two homes, one here, and they actually um, had their ballot come through Grays Harbor County so they could vote here, Uh, definitely someone I've known for many, many years, had actually, and this is the first time I've told anybody this, but had actually mailed his ballot from his other home up north in his outgoing mailbox. Well, guess what happened? The mailman didn't show up for three days and take the outgoing mail. So that did not count. There you go. Now, that would have been a tie. That would have been a tie. Mm -hmm. And this is fascinating to me because this is the first time I've run in any kind of political race. When you have a tie, you flip a coin. Are you kidding me right now? I didn't know that. You flip a coin? Is that... What is that? Seems like you should have a runoff or something, something. but... It just yeah. seems so strange to me. Now, I know that uh, Glenn Morgan told me that he was personally aware of at least five people in Ocean Shores who said, well, my vote doesn't count anyway. Yeah, I've heard that. Actually, um, when we needed to do the hand recount at the auditor's office, I actually reached out to Glenn because I listen to him all the time. I think he's a wealth of knowledge. Um, I reached out to some other political figures, um, Uh, Jim Walsh, I reached out to him. Um, A few people just to say, you know, what do you think? Is there something I need to know? How can you guide me on this process a little bit? And they were super helpful. But yes, um, I I understand that there were certain people that just felt like, well, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's a small number. It's just my one vote. And I guarantee you, if they know Glenn, they were conservative and they would have voted for you. So, you know, what do you want to you know, what advice would you give the listener when they're feeling discouraged about their vote? That's a great question because um, I want you to know that in our race here in Ocean Shores, it's it's supposed to be non-political. Okay, just so you know, nonpartisan. Yes, thank you. And um, I have always felt that each person has a right to have their voice. This running for city council was never about me. I said that to everybody. It was in all of my documentation. It truly was not. I wanted to give people here in the community a way to have their voices heard because for many of us as citizens, which I've lived here for many years, um, we just felt like our voices weren't being heard on city things that we need here. We have some very key issues here that needed attention. 
So the good news is on that, I don't know if I answered your question very well, but the good news is the gentleman who ran for mayor is now our mayor. That's Frank Elduin. And he just held the first town hall. We had people from all sides of the aisle, all ways of thinking, whatever you want to call it, uh, religious, non-religious. It doesn't matter who you are. We all need to come together and have our voices heard. So that was the main motivation. But you need to understand that your vote does count and you should talk to each person who is running and find out, you know, what do they want for your local organization, your local city, not who they might be personally in their own home lives. That's okay. We all get to be who we are. But let's have nice, calm, polite conversation where we can help each other to get what we need in our local communities. Yeah, and I'm so excited to hear you say that. Now, you know, we talked yesterday, and I said, you know, it might be the hand of God that you lost by one vote because you're more motivated. If you would have won by one vote, it wouldn't be quite the same story, right? It would be, uh, be different. So even in losing... Uh, there's a lesson. And fortunately, uh, it wasn't the end of the world. It looks like there might even be another appointed position that you're looking to go for. But uh, obviously, we want you to run again. And um, But again, I just thank you for sharing your story with uh, the Doug and Marty versus the world audience because your vote matters, right? Absolutely, it does. And I feel very gifted right now the fact that I did lose by one vote, I really think that there's a bigger message here. So yes, city council is important and I think that those things will get taken care of. And yes, I will try again. But at this point, I think having this ability to give this kind of message out there, that's the gift that I feel I can give to people. So I appreciate you giving me that opportunity. Well, thanks for being on the show. God bless you. And uh, hopefully next time I talk, you'll city council well we'll see huh god bless you and thank you speaking of amazing people i'm with my dear friend glenn morgan loved by us hated by others who cares who cares my wife once told me glenn what other people think about you is none of your business so i thought that was a uh, pretty good advice Give me, give me your take on Roanoke. Roanoke felt different this year to me. It felt more optimistic. It felt more unified. Uh, what, what did you think? Well, I think the one thing about Roanoke, uh, number one, we sold out early. And I'm on the board, right? So um, we sold out weeks early. I mean, the interest in Roanoke has grown every year now. And uh, so there's you know over 600 people here. It was exciting to meet people, network. I think one of the things that really changes the way people are looking at the political landscape in 2024 is are all these initiatives, right? These six initiatives get on the ballot. It's the largest signature gathering ever in American history on the conservative side of the equation. Never in the history of the state have they ever had six initiatives of the legislature like this. It's never happened before. Um, it changes the discussion on the political process because as much as the left may want to ignore these issues, they're very popular and they're going to be on the ballot in November. They're, people get a chance to vote on them and they're all common sense, normal things that people would want. And so the left's going to have to try to fight again and that gives us something to work with to make a difference and fix what's broken in Washington. So we we got a shot, right? Oh yeah, these are super popular. And here's the thing, if people realize they come out and get these policy changes, it's not as partisan, you're not as divided on that. 
I think a lot of people that vote on these, though, are going to vote down ticket for people who are more common sense and rational people. And, uh, you know, f for the Democrats, that means a lot of their people are, are crazies, right, or um, support bad policies that are negative and harmful to people. So I think there is some benefit that if Republican candidates or conservative candidates are a little bit more um, savvy, they're going to be recognized these issues are worth running on. You know, one of the things that I enjoy about Roanoke is getting together and seeing my friends, seeing you. We right. don't get together often enough, right? right? Other people that maybe we only see once a year, a thing right. like that. Um, I think we should have more just events, and there will be events this year. There'll be fundraisers, things like that. Should right. people get out and see each other? Well, I think meeting people face-to-face -face and working with small groups of people especially is really important because you can't Zoom your life. You can't Zoom your way through life. It's just not going to work that way. You really do need to meet people, get a sense of uh, their concerns, be able to work back and forth on issues, um, you know, um, working on events. There's nothing like being around somebody kind of in the trenches, whether you're fighting on a policy issue, whether you're helping a candidate, whether you're just crafting um, efforts to change what's going on your school board, your city council. There's nothing like working with people face-to-face. -face. You get to know them better. You know, one of the things that I noticed this year is it seems like the average age has come down. Did you notice that? Yeah, and I mean, I think that is that is part of the goal of Roanoke is to get a lot of younger people that are more engaged in or that want to be more engaged in the political process and have, this is kind of the latter, right? Come here first. You meet people that can work with you, who've had a lot more experience. You can, you get a chance to meet, whether well, you have 20 legislators here in Senate so you get a chance to meet people in a very, you know, no barrier sort of process where you meet them talking over maybe a beer or a drink or uh, karaoke or karaoke or <laughs> dancing. Right. And so it's, the socializing and the networking is really, I think, the most important thing about Roanoke. Yeah, I think that's probably my takeaway as well. You know, um, you are known for causing trouble to the other side. Are you going to be doing any more like trainings on how to file PDC complaints and things like that? Are you get what, what's coming up for Glenn Morgan? Well, I'm always doing that type of training, and if you want me to come out and do it for you, organize a group of people, try to get about 20 people or so, so it's worthwhile, you know, for me to come out there. Contact me at, uh, you know, Glenn at We The Governed. Uh, let me know. That's Glenn with one N. And uh, let me know that you got a group. We'll find a time. I'll come out and train you how to file PDC complaints, how to prep for campaigns, how to run for office, how to be an activist, how to file records requests. I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, I can help people do so that uh, they know how to be more effective in that process. You know, one of the other things, just you, as you're speaking, I'm remembering yeah. that you went and did like an audit of, uh, was it was it the teachers union? Yeah, yeah, the WA PAC, Washington Education Association PAC up in Federal Way. Yeah, and I just filed a complaint, uh, I think a week and a half ago, on the based on those audit results, uh, violations that they committed to the Washington State Campaign Finance Laws. So a lot of these things that you're using actually were meant to be weapons against our side, right? Well, I mean, here's what happens. They, you have accountabilities or laws or, or rules that people are supposed to abide by for either transparency issues or for uh, compliance issues with campaign finance laws or something, ethics laws. And what happens is um, I find most people on the conservative side don't really pay attention or learn about what these laws are. The left tends to use them selectively and, and when they need to, to take out um, politicians they don't like, but they don't want like it when somebody uses those same laws against them to hold them accountable. In fact, they presume that they're above the law because of what they believe. And so um, I'm really just simply holding them to the same standard that everybody else is supposed to be held to. And that's what they don't like. And so uh, you're willing to come and train and help yeah. people to, to learn all this stuff. That's uh, Give us your website. 
we the governed. So just like we operate under the consent of the governed, this is we the governed.com. My YouTube channel is we the governed and uh, come follow me in either place and uh, sign up to subscribe and uh, support me and share my stuff. And if you like what you see, then uh, help other people get involved and engage. Awesome. Glenn Morgan, Roanoke 2024. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, you bet. It's been a wet and rainy day, liquid sunshine all over the place, but uh, always a good time to be at Ocean Shores. Yeah. It's all, we always say it's always a good day at the beach, man. All right. <laughs> thanks, right. buddy. Yeah, yeah, bye. Well, I'm going to wrap it up here at Roanoke 2024 in beautiful, rainy, windy Ocean Shores, Washington. You know, if you don't come to the Roanoke Conference, um, you're missing out. You know, and people from all over the state come here, including my dear friend, one of my best friends in the whole world. Mr. Ari Hoffman. Ari, how's it going, bro? Oh, it's just peachy, buddy. I actually think the, the energy here was something else. I don't know if it was the initiatives. I don't know if it was Dave Reichert. I don't know if it's people think Republicans can win. I don't know what it was, but there was an energy here this year. And the conference is always great, but the energy here this year was so off the charts. I'm cautiously optimistic about Washington for the first time in a long time. I totally agree with that. I, I felt uh, I actually had that conversation with my wife on the way over here this morning that it feels real optimistic this year. Now, in the midst of uh, winning, so we've got all six of these initiatives uh, certified. It uh, doesn't look like the legislature wants to mess with them at all. And so that means they're going to be on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think that's going to do for voter turnout? I think it's going to drive voter turnout, but I think it's an opportunity for education of Democrat voters. Because you say, hey, these are bad policies, you can do something about them, and that doesn't become a Democrat-Republican issue. It becomes, these are initiatives. And when you sit down and talk to a Democrat, you guys are going to agree on 60 to 70 percent of things on the local level. And the rest of the stuff you can't do anything about because it's national, and you're going to disagree on that. But if you can talk to your friends about why their gas prices are so high, and why their utility bills are going up, and why the hell their kid's school sucks, and why they're not getting pulled over on the freeway anymore, though, me, I see that as an advantage. Well, cr- crime, 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 sorry, why crime, isn't, why crime is going up. These are basic common sense things that anybody can recognize. And that's something that you can have a conversation with anybody about. I totally get that, and I, I think uh, I think we're going to see that. But you know, as with every opportunity that is given to Republicans, we have a history of snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory. So how do we not do that? Well, first of all, if your candidate doesn't win the primaries, get behind the other candidate because they're always better than the Democrat. And I know some of you go, there's very little difference. Well, a little difference is still better than the Democrat, and the Democrats always get worse over time. They never moderate. They go farther to the left. So if your candidate doesn't win, get behind the other one. Take me for a minute. I'm a big DeSantis guy. I wanted DeSantis. He dropped out. I'm on Team Trump. Do I like everything about Trump? No, I have some serious problems with Trump. But at the same time, would I rather another Biden term? And you have to think about it that way, my friends. At the same time, So you're in favor of closing the White House Retirement Center where residents feel like presidents? Well, I don't know how spry Trump is. I know he's more spry than Joe Biden, to be perfectly fair. But but at the same time, also, is that stop talking about fighting each other. Stop killing each other. The dumbest thing you can do is keep doing that. Instead, what it has to be is Joe Biden sucks. Here's why. And you run that all day long and you will not just win the White House. You will also win the House and you will also win the Senate. And if you don't do that... You're going to lose everything. You know, I felt like kind of what we started with. 
that this year it felt like we were less about that, that we were rallying behind what Brian Haywood has uh, accomplished with 480,000 uh, Washingtonians signing their birthday, their uh, all this stuff to get the, you know, they want to make it all about Brian, but it's about 480,000 people that sign these initiatives, right? Sure. And, um, but I felt like there was less of that in-house, you know, fist fighting here at Roanoke this year than in previous years. Yes, I actually think there was also less in-house fighting about the candidates. Um, it seems like everybody goes, we want the win and we're done with the stupid infighting. Yeah. And I see it on social media. I see the infighting on social media. I see the infighting in other places. I didn't see it here. And I think in years past I saw, I don't want to make it sound like Roanoke, everybody's fighting with each other, because that's not what it is, but you do see people are in, yeah, there's, there's entrenchment there. And it's not an establishment, it's not a rhino thing, it's none of that, it's that people go, we are so desperate to win. What's the best way to win? As opposed to it has to be my way. A lot less of that this year. Yeah, I'd say I, I couldn't agree more. I think I think we're uh, I think we all want to see a victory. You know, I I talked to a guy uh, that actually founded a major talk radio network last week in New York. He he was not aware of the initiatives, but him and I we were supposed to have a fifteen minute meeting because of my business. Ended up being a two hour meeting. His takeaway was, this is the kind of thing that'll flip a state. Like what the Democrats did in Colorado, yes. Washington. And this could be a historic year for us. Again, if we'll work hard, if we'll give money to candidates, if we'll run for office, if we'll do what it takes, right? Sure. And I'll just say as my final takeaway for this, right? Think about playing cards. What are the best odds in the house? Best odds in the house are actually at the craps table, right? Where the house always wins. And you can play with the House. Right now, these initiatives are playing with the House because the workers, the union guys, the everybody agrees with these things. And the radicals are very, very loud. But there's not as many of them. They're just really, really loud. And I know when you see the Hamas protests and all this other stuff going on the streets, it seems like you're outnumbered. You're not. And when you come to something like Roanoke, you see you're not outnumbered. And we got to start acting like the majority because then you become the majority. Well, that's uh, Saul Alinsky. He always said, you know, act like you're bigger than you are, that there's more of you than there are. They're, they're playing by that playbook. But you're right. We are the majority. Most people think gas prices are too high. Most yes. people think cops should be able to reasonably pull people over. Most yes. people think that taxes are too high. Most people think that parents might should be out in control of their children. Yes. Yes, exactly. These are common sense things that everybody should be behind. Yeah. Well, now I want to wrap it up. Just to give me, a, you know, Ari is a, my one of my dearest Jewish friends. Give me a give me an insight. How's everything going for you guys? And and you know all this stuff that's going on with the hostages in Israel and everything else. Just give me a you know give me a five thousand foot level. How you doing, buddy? Yeah. Thank you for asking. We're not doing well. We don't say to each other how you doing. We say how you holding up. That's that's the new change. And it feels very lonely right now, especially since we're such a minority. And I don't mean that in the woke fashion of, oh, we're a minority, pity us. I mean, there's so few of us in the world. We sometimes think people don't understand. When I came here, I was among friends. I was among family. And it was a really beautiful thing to see. And there's a lot of Democrats right now feeling politically homeless, feeling very politically homeless. But don't try to convert them to be Republicans tomorrow. What you want to do is you want to talk to them about the issues. You want to be like, protesters shouldn't be shutting down the freeway. Protesters, that's, that's wrong. University of Washington shouldn't be teaching hate on campus. That's the kind of stuff you talk to them about. That's how you can help us out. Do not show up to synagogue. 
That freaks us out. When random people show up, we don't know. That freaks us out. And then you see a whole bunch of guys circling you. And yes, they do all have guns, even though they have the side locks and everything else. Do not show up to synagogues. It will not end well. But yeah. That's that's my overview of all that. Yeah, well, it's great insight. If you guys don't know, Ari Hoffman is uh, weekday afternoons here in the Seattle area on the KVI uh, radio station. We're not, Doug and Marty are not on KVI, but, you know, maybe someday. Okay, I'm not in Spokane. <laughs> yeah, and in Tri-Cities and northern Idaho and all kinds of stuff, there's, uh, there's 13 stations now. Uh, and growing, and it looks like we might get a Tacoma station, so we might give you a run for your money, but only on Saturday mornings, bro. So no, no worries. You don't work on Saturdays. Well, fine. Tell those stations to put me on there, and then you can have me on Saturdays. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> Appreciate you, my brother. Yeah, always. We'll buddy. see you next time. Thanks for doing this. And we're back in studio. This is Doug Bassler and Marty McClendon. Doug and Marty versus the world. So wow, Doug. That yeah. was uh, that was a great weekend. Um, you know. Marty, there's something about when you get together with other Republicans, other friends and things like that, even though it was like terrible weather, it was, you know, 45 degree angle rain coming down, wind, floody, you know, uh, but it just, you know, made you want to be in all the sessions and hang out with your friends inside. Right. 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 <laughs> it was it, one of the probably the worst weather uh, Roanoke's I've ever been to. And I've been to like 10 of those babies. But, um, you know, it was so optimistic. You know, this this uh, six initiatives all being certified for the ballot. Brian Haywood giving Washington State really a seven million dollar gift. And and that was a stretch for him. And uh, but, you know, uh, what I really wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, M Mrs. Uh, Faria, you know, mm -hmm. that she would lose that race by one count them votes. I mean, what do you think, brother? Wow. Well, I know I've had a couple of close races, but not that close. One vote. That's got a, uh, yeah. I'd be looking for votes under the trash barrels, you know, into, you know, the voter ban, you never, you name it, right? Isn't that close enough for a recount? I'm just saying. Well, they did. They had they did yeah. a hand count and everything. Yep. And it, 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 she was lost by six, which was in that margin where they automatically have yes. to recount it. Yep. And then when they finally counted it, she lost by one. Wow. And um, yeah. And, Glenn Morgan told me he knew of five people in Ocean Shores that said, well, I'm not voting because my vote doesn't count anyway. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, so I just want to encourage our listeners, you know, if you if you ever get discouraged, think about that. You know, Hans Seiger, right? Uh, years mm -hmm. ago when he was first elected to the state uh, legislature, he won by seven votes. And so yeah. these extremely tight races, um, you know, illustrate a point. But, you know, even if you win by a lot or a little, uh, every vote counts. They called him Landslide Hans. And on that note, too, it was they didn't know the results at Election Day. This was after all the ballot harvesting afterwards that he won by seven. So it's it, incredible. They had to go out and make sure that the votes that were rejected uh, actually wanted to be counted and had to get someone to verify it, in which I had to go through my campaign in 2018 as well. It's amazing if you have the ground support to go out there and correct those. So in Hans's case, it worked out great. But one, this who knows? Well, too bad they couldn't go out there and ballot harvest for Faria as well. You know, uh, for one vote, you've got to be able to find people that turned their ballot in or the signature didn't match and it wasn't counted, don't you think? Yeah, and I I don't know all of that, but it just whenever it's yeah. a, a one vote thing, believe me, the other person was I'm sure was doing that too. Yeah. But it was um, you know, it, it just really crystallizes the fact that your vote counts and getting it, it does in. Count, and, yeah. you know, another thing that came out really, 
strongly at, at different sessions uh, this year too, Marty, was that you they want people to get their vote in early, as early as possible. And the reason being is the campaigns have to spend all this money chasing you. And yeah. so this thing where we were holding the ballots and then there's, you know, people that forget they waited the last day, they didn't do it. Um, a lot of that type of stuff. And so this year, the push is let's get that thing in right away. And then we can concentrate our ballot harvesting, our legal ballot collection efforts on people that are, you know, high or medium propensity voters on the Republican side and go out and get their get them to vote. Right. Yeah. Get that ballot. No, and we know exactly who didn't vote yet. So it saves money. It saves time or more targeted versus hounding people that already did. Right. So that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Or and I mean, there it. is. Yeah. There's a yeah. little bit of science. I mean, if you know, like mm -hmm. when I hold my ballot, it's kind of known that Doug's going to vote. For? <laughs> he's a, no, he's a reliable voter. Yeah. Um, I don't get a lot of calls. I like get your ballot in or something like that. But even if I got one, that's one call that didn't get made to somebody else. Right. Yep. So I'm, I'm going to repent, brother, and I'm going to get my ballot in early <laughs> this year. So I thought you and I have talked about this before on this very issue, not because of what they're saying now, but on the benefits of putting it in early so that you have the early count, like the day of voting is all the early ballots. And oftentimes that is in favor of the Democrats. And oftentimes the, the vote for the left, the right comes in late and we're always waiting. Well, okay, we'll catch up. We'll catch up. So there's definitely a wisdom to getting it in, not only from a cost effective way, but also from an election night perspective. Yes, the naysayers would say that also gives the other side the chance to combat that in some ways, but it's not supposed to be that way, brother. So I think it's good. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, I was excited to be able to sit down with Linda Kochmar and, and Jack mm -hmm. Walsh on the uh, Federway City Council members were, were there. I, I saw, uh, I didn't get a chance to, to interview him, but uh, Peter Kwan was there uh, from SeaTac uh, with his newly uh, elected seatmate, um, uh, Joe Vincent. And uh, that was exciting. And he's, uh, you know, Juan's a fan. He wants to bring people to Roanoke. He believes in it. He he thinks it's a good, a, a good situation. Uh, Chad Magandance running for OSPI, the statewide. Everybody gets to vote yes. for him. Highly yes. qualified, Marty. This guy is qualified. It's a high school teacher. He served on the uh, education uh, uh, committee, committee yep. in the state yep. legislature. Very highly qualified. Um, parents are fed up. I think I think Chad can go all the way. Uh, we definitely want our Eastern Washington people to know that name. Chad yep. Megandons is kind of like Hagen Hagendons ice cream, you know. And he's uh, a motorcycle rider for people like Doug as well that knows him. But no, Chad would be, I think an ideal for this position, honestly. I think you couldn't find a better person that's more qualified that can actually communicate our values and has been for a long time. And he's got this education background, sort of the technological background as well, which is where education is going. I think it's fantastic, brother. Yep. Yeah, I think we should get him on and and uh, yep. have a have a kind of a full show with him. I'm also really excited about Brian Haywood. I want to get Brian Haywood on too, brother, mm -hmm. and just talk about these six initiatives. This is a, you know, this is something that could really, really, you know, like Ari was saying, this can really get out the vote. This can, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, help us. Uh, I thought, you know, what Ari said about, you know, they used to say, "How you doing." And now when they greet, you know, fellow Jewish uh, community members, they say, how you holding up? You know, so that obviously is a is a big deal. And yeah. I'm so glad that, you know, we have him as a friend and, uh, you yeah. know, let's keep praying for our Jewish friends. And, you know, remember that, you know, they're, you know, as a community, they're suffering. 
And yeah. uh, it was, yeah. it, they had a, uh, a panel there that he led and they had a Christian girl there that does missions in Israel. And uh, they had a, a guy that was like a Hebrew scholar, just a young guy that was really, really, you know, super smart and everything. And it was a uh, really good, but, you know, definitely eye-opening. And, uh, you know, so, you know, pay, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, yeah. uh, you know, Pete Serrano, mayor of Pasco, uh, his foundation has been working for the last several years. They flipped yep. the uh, the board there in Pasco. I think he's solid for AG. What do you think, bro? I love Pete. We've had him on as well. I think it's the silent majority, his foundation. Silent as well. majority. That's the one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, we've had his cohorts on our show and they were fantastic. We still have to go to the bar up there in Everett with one of our, the, the co-members of that, but yeah. Pete, solid guy, uh, conservative all the way. I think he'd be a fantastic attorney general and I'm glad he's running. This is fantastic. You know, uh, Glenn Morgan came out and said, you know, this guy's highly qualified and he's mm-hmm. Glenn's very strong on him. Of course, Raul Garcia for a Senate. I think, uh, I think he might've found his niche. What do you think, brother? Yeah, I think so too. It, it's interesting. I, I saw when uh, the, he had started off looking to, to run for governor uh, again, as he did a, a few years ago um, when Colt run and so forth. Um, and then uh, Dave Riker declared and, and that way, and then he decided to move to Senate. And then after your interview as well, I think he's got a really good shot. Yeah. Doctor from Eastern Washington, the, the whole story. I think, yeah, I think it's a good, good poop, good move. And we need to get rid of Kentwell. So yeah. And go. I've, <laughs> I really hadn't really talked to him before. So it was kind of fun to be able, again, just to get to Roanoke and rub elbows with people and talk to people. Uh, a lot of a lot of the folks that I wanted to talk to, it was just so busy. I didn't get to, um, but you know, there's always next year, brother. So it's I would just year. encourage everybody, yeah. share this share this episode of Doug and Marty versus the world. Uh, tell a friend about it. Uh, let them listen to it because there's some good, good stuff. I love the fact that we've got people that are stepping up and running and, others and darn we're out of time but go to dougandmarty.com and uh you know share share the love this is doug bassler and marty mcclendon doug and marty versus world see you next week <laughs>